The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Welcome to Grace in Focus. Thank you for joining us. Answering a question today about Romans 5, verse 9, and looking at the word justification, and thinking about the meaning of salvation in the book of Romans. Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins will be with us to do that right after I tell you about our website, that is faithalone.org. You can go there and find out a lot about us and about our resources, thousands of articles about free grace theology, just about any theological issue. We have an article about it. And you'll also find our books and blogs and videos right there at faithalone.org. Now with today's discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins. Liam, we have a question from Jordan, and Jordan is asking about Romans 5, 9. My question is, in Romans 5, 9, the participle, having been justified, appears to me to indicate the cause for which we shall be saved from wrath. And it expresses zero conditions apart from justification for this salvation. How then does this really fit the overall view expressed by Hodges and Lopez in their Romans commentaries and teachings? It seems to me the only condition for salvation, according to Romans 5.9, is justification. To me, Romans 5.9 actually seems to refute the review of wrath as expressed by Hodges and Lopez. Leon, do you remember the view that Hodges and Lopez take about wrath in Romans? Yes, it is the believer's deliverance from the wrath of God, temporally. Temporally meaning in time. Yes. In this life. Mm -hmm. So their view is that if a believer is not walking in fellowship with God, that believer will actually experience wrath now. Yes. Okay, and he starts that earlier in the book, but I think you have a good quote from Hodges. And by the way, I think Jordan failed to go far enough. Let me read 5, 9, and 10, and then I'll have you read that quote. In 5, 9, and 10, here's what Paul says. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And Hodges makes, I think, a terrific point about the words, by his life. Can you read that? Yes, Hodges says, as a result of standing in this new, friendly relationship with God, we can expect to be delivered by his, that is Christ's, life. The sense here, of course, is precisely what we observed in the previous verse. Our deliverance is from the wrath, which formed the starting point, chapter 1, verse 18, and is explicitly referred to in verse 9. It is logical in the highest degree that those who have received the reconciliation should no longer be objects of divine anger. For the believer to remain under God's wrath would be utterly contradictory to his present acceptance before God. Contradictory, yes, but impossible, definitely not, as Paul will proceed to show. That's a good point. 
You see, one of the things that we need to recognize is Romans 5, 9 falls within Romans chapters 5 through 8, right, Leon? Right. Uh, you look at the context, right? Romans 5 through 8 is a section that is not dealing with justification. What is Romans 5 through 8 dealing with? Sanctification. Yeah, it's a sanctification section in the letter. And within that, of course, he does talk about wrath. Because if we are living according to the way we used to be, then we are going to reap the consequences. But if we are living according to our new nature, if we are living according to the born of God part of us, then we will not be experiencing the wrath of God. And Hodges had appealed to the beginning of the book. If you look at Romans 1, 16 through 18, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. What Paul is saying here is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which includes his death and resurrection, which is what Paul is talking about, by the way, in 5, 9, and 10, we shall be saved by his life, by his resurrection life. He says... Therefore, that is what saves the believer from the wrath of God. In fact, he goes on to say in 17, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And then he immediately says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Hodges' point is we should not think that it's impossible for the believer to experience the wrath of God. Obviously, unbelievers are abiding in the wrath of God because they have not yet received the free gift of everlasting life. But the believer who does have everlasting life will only escape the wrath of God if he or she is allowing the resurrection life of Christ to flow through them. We often call this, right, the faith walk, or sometimes we call it walking in the Spirit. If we're like the prodigal son, remember in Luke 15? Well, what happens to the prodigal son? Do things go real well for him in the far country? Absolutely not. (laughs) What he experienced was the wrath of God when he was in the far country. Romans, when it uses the word salvation routinely uses it to refer to being saved from wrath in this life. When he wants to talk about our eternal relationship with God, he talks about righteousness or justification. That certainly causes a lot of the book of Romans to uh, a lot of uh, mysterious passages to be explained to take that view. I think another one of those mysterious passages is Romans 10, 9, and 10. And we've talked about this before. Paul says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or actually the Greek probably is better translated, if you confess with your mouth Lord Jesus, in other words, you're crying out to him as part of corporate worship is what Hodges suggests, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hodges' view and Lopez' view is you will be saved from God's wrath. And then he says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. That word righteousness is dikaiosune in Greek. The verb form is dikaio, to justify. 
Now, the justification section of Romans is Romans 3.21 to 4.24. But 5 through 8 is the sanctification section of the book, and it makes sense there that the salvation would be dealing with the salvation of sanctified people. And that's the point here. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, that is, once we believe we're justified, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whatever this salvation is, is more than justification. Because there's two things required to be saved. You must believe and you must confess. But in order to be justified, you simply need to believe. And when he gets to verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, that's a quote from Joel 2, and that talks about believers, Jewish believers during the tribulation. Those Jews who are part of the worshiping community that is calling upon Jesus will be saved from the judgments of the tribulation, the wrath that's going to fall during the tribulation. And by the way, verse 14 shows clearly these are believers. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? First comes believing, and then you call. So the people calling on the Lord in Romans 10, 13 are born-again people. And so I think, Jordan, what Hodges and Lopez are saying about Romans 5, 9, and 10 makes perfect sense. Yes, the only condition of justification is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I get Jordan's point. It is true, he says, we will be saved twice. He says the same exact thing in 5, 9, and 5, 10. But in 5.10, he clarifies, in verse 10, we shall be saved by his life. And he goes on then to talk about, in the rest of chapter 5, on in through 6 through 8, that we were formerly in the position of death in Adam, and we've been set free by Christ, and we're no longer slaves of sin, we're now slaves of righteousness, But it's not automatic that we experience that. So in Romans 6, he talks about the fact that we need to yield our members. We need to reckon ourselves dead to sin in order to experience that. And then Romans 7, he talks about the fact that there was a time early in his Christian life when he was caught up in legalism and he was doing that which he didn't want to do. And then in Romans 8, it's all about experiencing victory and freedom from sin as a result of a person who is not walking according to the flesh, but walking according to the Spirit. That'd be Romans 8, 4. And also in Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, this death experience is the wrath of God. And so, in my opinion, what Hodges and Lopez is saying makes perfect sense. Bob, do you think this is an example of believers who every time they see the word saved in the New Testament, they think it applies to receiving eternal life? But many times it refers to being healed physically or being delivered from chastisement in this life. Absolutely. I I definitely think that's a big factor. Yeah, I think people are just too quick to see the word save or salvation and think it must refer to salvation from eternal condemnation. And uh, if it's okay, can I give a shameless plug for uh, one of my books? Please do. (laughs) (laughs) In my book, The Ten Most Misunderstood Words, I have a chapter on save. 
in that chapter, I show that in the Old Testament, save never refers to regeneration or the new birth. And in the New Testament, only 30% of the time does it refer to regeneration. 70% of the time, it refers to the types of things you're talking about. Salvation from illness, salvation from physical death, salvation from God's wrath in this life. It can even refer to salvation from uh, persecution and trials. It can refer to being healthy at the judgment seat of Christ as well. So I would say, Jordan, keep reading all of Hodge's commentary on Romans. Don't just read what he says about 5.9, <laughs> but go on and see what he says about 5.10. In context. In context. Well, thanks for joining us today. And remember, keep grace in focus. Amen. Thank you guys for that great discussion. There are a lot of costs involved in staying on the air. That's why we so much appreciate our financial partners. If you'd like to learn how to become one, you can find out more by going to faithalone.org. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, if someone just reads John 3.16, is there enough information there to believe and become born again? What is the bottom line essential? Join us next time, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.